Welcome to City Talk with Sabrina Bangle and Lee Bettis. And good morning, Newburn, and welcome to City Talk with Lee and Sabrina. We are coming to you live today on 107.5, and we are also live on Facebook. And we're just having a blast with this whole live Facebook thing, but... Um, for all of you out there today, my co-host Lee Bettis is on the road. He's on the road again. I'm traveling to, I think it's Vermont. Uh, a very dear family friend is getting married, so he's headed up that way. But guess what? I'm not alone today. I'm really excited to have my very good friend and former district attorney for Craven County, David McFadden. So welcome, David, to Thank City you, Talk. Always and, happy to be here. Yeah, and you know, we've had David on before. It's great, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to our back and forth today and uh you know what's really neat about david you're a native new bernie and lived here all your life so um you know where some of those bodies are buried too and that's what i love about you and, yeah. uh, you know um you know to live here all your life and i guess you know i've lived here almost 40 years so uh, you know i uh, but i'm not from here of course you yeah know? well you, you i mean we claim you now You've i don't know about that enough. there's a lot of people that would never claim me but you know it's really interesting because um the people who've lived here all their life are getting far and few between. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> yes. And so um, I think you bring a lot of great insight today. So this is really good. I'm just thrilled to have you. We're going to be touching on a lot of topics today, um, everything from the NFL um, right on through to the current um, this past uh, Tuesday night alderman meeting. Um, but we do want to hear what you have to say. We This program is all about what New Bernians are talking about. And, you know, this week, lots of comments on the street, people seeing me. And, you know, I'm in meetings, things, and people want to talk about what they're hearing and seeing in our community. But we want you to be involved in the discussion. Like we said, we are on 107.5 uh, WNOS, and we are coming to you live on Facebook, which is I tell you, last week we had 550 some views from our Facebook, and we think it's awesome. So it's a great platform. We're excited about it, um, and people can you know be on their phones and follow what we're saying. So what we want you to do is we want you to send us a Facebook message, or you can email us uh, with your questions, comments, and that would go to talk. Newburn.net, if you want to ask a question of David or myself, you know, get involved in our discussion this morning. And um, I'll be checking my Facebook page. You're going to be checking our uh, City Talk Facebook page. So we want to hear from you. So, David, tell me what's new and, and exciting in your life. Well, you know, uh, just being here in Newburn, and as you said, having lived here my whole life, mm-hmm. born down at St. Luke's Hospital, Seen the heyday, so to speak, of downtown, seen the, the, the downtime, and now all the changes that have come to this area, all the new folks that have moved into the area. It's just an incredibly exciting time to be here in Newburn. You know, it really is. And, and when you look at the transformation of downtown, and because of the transformation of downtown, it has transformed the rest of Newburn. And yes, I, it has. I truly believe that. You know, I, I, when I first got to Newburn, which was about 1977 is the first time I set foot in Newburn, you know, um, Belks was just, you know, it was in its last year, I think year or two of being downtown. Penny's was still in place and it just was kind of like, you know, nothing special about it. It was just there and you could tell the signs of decay were starting. It had started, downtown had started to spread and I actually had started working downtown on Middle Street at Jones Potts Music Store when I was 13 in 1966, and 
uh, if you ever watched the movie, which most everybody has, A Christmas Story, downtown Newburn was very Just much like that, that way. Yes, Belks had true. the big window displays. Right. You couldn't walk on the sidewalks at Christmas. They were so crowded. Uh, but that was really the heyday period of time. And as you said, moving into the 70s, of course, where this studio is located, I would say it was kind of midtown. Right. And it was very developed here, one of the large uh, uh, building supply stores, Askew's, was across the street here. This yeah. building was a fast, a quick pick. <laughs> uh, well, know. and, you know, really interesting is right at the point across from, from our studios here was the home of uh, former Mayor uh, McCarthy. Correct. McCar- they used to call that McCarthy Square, I think. or Yeah, yeah, or McCarthy Corner, something yeah. like that. But he had a, a very stately home there, and there was a beautiful fountain in front of there, and people came and go, and it was a really diverse intersection because we had a lot of african-americans that worked in that area and had lived in the area behind it so it was really a very diverse neighborhood and one day i I hope to see all that kind of kind of come back yeah well you had tony's drugstore was right across the street over here and uh then newburn five points milling company was where the uh the old ramada inn building is now there was a lot of... And uh, will soon be gone. Yes, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we could <laughs> by, talk about... By Mother Nature, if for no well, other reason. Yeah, isn't that. that the truth? And you know what? I'm glad you said that because um, I did get an update this week on the days in building. We've talked about it several times here on the show. But, um, you know, the alderman, you know, several weeks ago had uh, made a motion and it passed to demolish the uh, days in building for lack of uh, attention by the owners failing to keep it up to code so therefore they have the right to approve and move forward with demolition and so they did that and then the owners um, sued with it for an injunction to stop the demolition and so I got an update yesterday from the city manager and the judge did rule in favor of the city that the city had the right to demolish it, that the uh, owners had no standing and could move forward with demolition. Of course, once the judge signed it, which I believe he did sign it yesterday or the day before, there is a 30-day appeal period. So uh, we have to wait another 30 days. So it is in process, but... I could say in the next couple of months, you're probably going to see that building come down and the city's, you know, moving forward with it. The only, you know, issue I have again is if it costs four to five hundred thousand, whatever it costs the city to take that building down and remove the rubble and put it back to a grass field, um, it's still taxpayer dollars that are taking it down. And then it sits as a lien on that property. That's correct. Until either the owners pay, pay that lien or. You know, um, they sell the property and somebody, you know, has to pay. Somebody has to pay that lien. Now, of course, the city has one other tool that it can use, and that would be to go in and foreclose on the property for the debt owed because it is so large and then seize the property and take it. You know, and again, in that sense, I I still don't understand why they just didn't go ahead and purchase the property outright. Well, in, in hindsight, you know, back, certainly that was a huge mistake, well, and I know that was discussed. It's my was. understanding; it was yeah. discussed for years, and you know, it, it's just an awful shame that that building has deteriorated to that uh, to that extent that it wasn't converted to some other use. Uh, certainly, it was a well-built building when it was built. Now, it looks like we're going to have a huge vacant lot there with a half a million dollar uh, debt attached right, to it. Right. Uh, um, of course, and, I don't know what the value of the property would be, but what's going to happen to it? Well, you know, I, again, I don't, I don't know. It is private property. It's going Correct. to belong to that property owner. I'm all about private property rights. Um, 
you know, I don't know if they'll say the property owners would say, well, thank you, city. You know, this just <laughs> helped us out. You've taken it down, but they still owe the money. True. Um, I don't know. Does it make, I think the dirt is much more valuable probably than the, uh, the building was itself. You know, could you value that piece of property at five, $600,000? I don't know, but it will be a developable piece of land that will change and impact that neighborhood forever. I really truly believe that whatever goes there should be well thought out, you know, or the owner should, the city should work with them planning department. It's just extremely important that something goes in there that will help to stimulate that neighborhood and economy and really suit the purpose. And it could be the it could be the centerpiece if the proper development goes in there, which you're exactly correct. And you know, I I recall when that Vermont Inn was built, the discussion was at the time it was built, the belief was that the uh, Department of Transportation was going to build a four lane uh, Highway 17 bridge that would come right past that hotel and bypass downtown Newburgh. Really? I, that, no, I never that, had heard that. Yeah, that was the discussion on the street at the time uh, because all, you know, a lot of folks wondered why it was built in that area because at that time that area had become somewhat depressed. But it, it back in the 60s, there was a lot of commerce in this, this area we're discussing now, this area where we're sitting, both on Pollock and on Broad Street. And uh, it's going to take some type of private investment I would say, to bring it back to where it was. Right. And, and you know, of course, um, can't do nothing without money. You know, Danny Meadows, uh, our former uh, public works director, interim city manager, uh, his favorite saying, he said, money can make a bear dance. <laughs> That's what he would say all the time. And it is true that, you know, it, it, it takes vision, it takes money, and, you know, that's what they'll have to do with it. And, you know, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, money, too. The city seems to be spending a lot of money here lately. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so glad they had a lot of deep pockets. You know, I guess they... They cut the budget to the bare bones, you know, didn't hire people, did whatever, had about a almost 50% fund balance, and a lot of money in that general fund sitting there right now. And, uh, you know, they whittled down. I think they went into this uh, new tax year, uh, 1617, with maybe about a 30%. I think it was about a 30% fund balance. So uh, they're continuing to spend money. Looks like um, some funds were approved for Lawson Creek Park, another what? Three, four hundred thousand dollars. I'm not sure the um, exact amount, but you know they're they're spending more money there. They're continuing to upgrade it. And guess what? This is a FYI, everybody. This is my news flash for the day. Election season. I cannot believe it. Election season. <laughs> Are you season. suggesting there might be a connection? Oh, I'm not suggesting. <laughs> I know because I've been there, done that, you know. And this is about the time because what they need to do is they have to get in there and do all these projects now. And it's and they want to get it done before the first of the year, January, February. Everything's going to start coming to a screeching halt. And, you know, they're going to be very careful because they don't want to make the voters mad about anything. So now if they can get all these projects out there and get them done, they can say, hey, look what we did. You know, we did this. We did that. We've upgraded your park. We did this. But my bigger concern is where is the vision? Where is the plan? It's like we're throwing money for wherever. I'm watching our poor public works people here lately, and it's like they're everywhere. They are working these Six guys. and seven days a week. They yes. are. I see them out. I know. It's just and incredible. We've always had great employees with the city in there. You know, we really do. Department, public, public works. 
you know, there's great guys. And, you know, we have great department heads, too. You know, I, look at our, you know, uh, Matt Montaigne with Public Works, yeah. just an awesome gentleman. He's just, you know, fine, good people, really care about our community. John Wren with the Utilities Department, you know, he's probably one of the smartest people we have at City Hall. He's just incredible. You know, he, he knows utilities, electric, inside and out, and brings just a wealth of knowledge to our city and is probably one of the most professional people I've ever worked with. I have a lot of respect can't for him. can't say enough about him. They I really great, can't say enough job. about the him. Employees do great you know, um, we've got Jeffrey Jerry. I think he does an excellent job as uh, development services, and we're going to talk a little bit later on in the show about um, – this week's meeting and the passing of the land use ordinance, the revised land use ordinance, and him and his staff worked very hard. You know, um, a lot of people either love them or hate them, and that's kind of the in-between when you're in development services because those are the people that have to have an eye for the future and a vision, and sometimes a community is very reticent to buy into that. No doubt. And so, yeah. you know, that's that's some of what we'll, we'll be um, talking about. We've got our fire chief, Bobby Boyd. Again, a fine New Bernian. boy, Comes from a long, long line and long tradition of firefighters in this city. You know, his mother was public a public service. servant. You that's know, exactly I mean. Right. Retired as a clerk of court. Fine family. You know, Very just incredible. And so that's. That's who we are as a city. You know, I can go on and on about the people that work for a city and then all our, you know, employees under these directors. And, you know, we're very fortunate that we have um, good staff and good people. But, you know, with the good, there's always the bad. You know, and we have to say that in any business, in the real business world, you know, you have good, you have great employees, good employees, and not so good employees. And, you know, sometimes they weed themselves out, sometimes they don't. But that's the reality of, of what happens. But as a whole, I think that we have excellent employees. And, you know, it's important to manage them correctly. And, you know, with I know they we had lots of issues in the last several years about raises and cost of living raises and promoting people and doing a, a, a study on job descriptions. And we were kind of outpricing jobs there for a while. And, you know, I have some concerns that we may be headed back in that direction if we don't keep things, you know, keep a lid on things. But, you know, I, I do want to point out that you're, the public is really going to see a lot of projects going on here. Yeah. You yeah. know, crazy amount of projects just because the aldermen want to show their best side. They want to be able to have something on their record other than the lack of transparency, the meanness, vindictiveness that they've had in these last three and a half years or last three years, and uh, they need to show something. Uh, but, you know, keep your eye on the ball, ladies and gentlemen, because it's going to be a very interesting ride here in the next several months. You know, they, it, today's headlines are athletic field could be named for fallen officer Thalman. And I'm always a supporter of paying tribute to people who ser serve us. I think Absolutely. it's, I Absolutely. think it's really awesome. Uh, you know, um, uh, we have uh, Leander Morgan Park paying tribute to our first African American mayor. Um, we've got other areas uh, that we have named for people, little park areas, sitting areas that have been employees. I'm, you know, this is very personal to me, and, you know, it could be my hang-up or what, but I'm, I'm really sad that um, Ella Bengal was, has never been honored. You know, back when she came out of office, Mr. Hartman had told her that they were in the process of naming something for her, you know, paying respect to her in some way. 
and um, just well, changes happen, and it, ne- it never happened. And I think well, she was a little bit Why don't you let me talk about that a little bit? Because okay. some people may yeah. say, well, that, that was your mother-in-law. And yeah, it's well, that's true. That's you. what but, I'm saying. It's personal But I can, to me. I can, can discuss that from the standpoint of somebody who lived here, lived in this area, and remember Ms. Bingle when she ran for mayor and her tenure in the – both as an older woman and as mayor, uh, loved Newbern, uh, was very, very dedicated to the best interest of, of the city and was our first female mayor. Uh, and we certainly do need to recognize the contribution she made uh, and the Bengal family for that matter. So uh, it would be entirely appropriate if it hasn't been done. Yeah, it, let's just say it was an oversight and it needs to be corrected. Well, I, I did try. I did try to do a couple of things, but I, I didn't have the votes to get it done. And I hope in the years ensuing that we will get a, a board that uh, is not vindictive and doesn't want to seek retribution <laughs> or whatever and um, get this done. But, you know, anyway, our headline today is athletic field could be named for fallen officer Thalman. I think it's an awesome idea. Absolutely. You know, uh, this young man who served our community, you know, did not have to die this way, and, and he died protecting us. And um, I, I think it's an awesome idea. What I'm concerned about is I think it's very interesting that it's kind of happening right now. You know, we are uh, – you know, where is the plan? That, You know, I would have – if it was me in the position of being an alderman and been on the board, you know – after his death, I would have said, our plans are moving forward. You know, this is, to me, a ninth a ninth inning play because election season is coming, and I'm just telling it like it is. If you agree or disagree with me, text us, uh, you know, email us. Tell us what you think because people in New Bern are talking about this, so I'd be curious to hear what they have to say. But it, it looks like um, aldermen are going to consider a $170,000 budget to transform the field at the entrance of Lawson Creek Park. You know, Again, um, I've had several comments from people this week about Lawson, Lawson Creek Park and saying, you know, what's the real plan for that? Somebody sent me a picture of a bandstand and said, wouldn't it be great yeah. if we had some kind of bandstand or some kind of, you know, I, my push for years was some kind of amphitheater, some kind of multi-purpose stadium, if you want to call it, where you can put soccer, baseball, concerts, large gatherings of people, and really fulfill that, um, you know, fulfill that idea and make it all come together with a river walk that came from downtown. So imagine being in downtown New Bern in front of the double tree in that area and you see the lights because it would be lit, a park. Sure. Yeah, and it would be, and you see them in the distance and you could actually walk that distance to go to there, listen to music, enjoy, you know, some kind of sporting event, and then walk back. So that's really been a vision of mine for a long time. And I wish they would do a better job of really laying out a plan instead of just throwing money. Okay, we're going to upgrade the entrance. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I just want to see a total plan. And I agree with you. You you would think there must be an overall uh general plan because it has been somewhat piecemeal over there but that is a great location you know back in the, i guess the 20s there was a trolley car that ran over by park avenue and rim avenue and there was a big city pavilion over there a dance pavilion that type of an attraction now right. the problem with lawson park is it's really landlocked i mean you because of where it's located you've got one little street coming in and out this brings me back to narrowing First Street down to two lanes. And I know that's been an issue that you've been concerned about. That's, that's what well, New Bern's talking about, and, and I know And I that. travel that road every day because of where my office is currently located, and 
uh, it just seems to me to be very ill-advised until we know what the overall plan for Lawson Park is and how we're going to handle the transportation. There's a lot of parking in Lawson Park, but there's only one street in and out. Right. And it unfortunately dumps out right at the exchange where you uh, – exit to Highway 70 to come into town. Right, and by narrowing it, that that could definitely be an issue. And, you know, because it is such an issue, you know, the city was doing all their activities and having fireworks and all of that at Lawson Creek Park, and now they changed all of it to back to uh, Union Point Downtown, Park yeah. because it was just the congestion, traffic, the sure. congestion, people couldn't get out. It really made a, a difference. But, you know, making it walkable, making it where people could park in other places across the street, different areas, sure. you know, they're going to develop the city market, make a big parking lot there, you know, and that could be additional parking for events that happen at city market. There's so much that can be done, but again, this this board, they're just kind of quick doing it. There's really no good More discussion. More it, it yes, seems. You know, yes. maybe there is a master plan, but we haven't seen it. But no. that, I mean, I think it's a valid point that there needs to be an overall plan because you've got the... Uh, the old uh, health department building downtown that's being going to be used as a some type of an uh, entrepreneurial Yeah, the generator. 508 Broad Street, that's correct. Then the, we want to take the old electrical building at First Street and... Right. Well, now the old electric – well, you're talking about the offices there have already been transformed into development services. You're talking about the original generator plant. Yeah. The, yes, and that's going to be the um, uh, training school with exactly. the community college. Which is a great idea. It is a great that's idea. It's a great idea. But it, it looks – and maybe there is a master plan when you tie in Lawson Park and all of these properties. But hopefully there is because there needs to be. Right. Well, you know, there's concerns, though, amongst the people who live in Ghent. They were very upset and concerned that they went to a public hearing about this piece of property, and the plan is to basically dump the traffic back into Ghent in that area rather than onto First Street. Um, And, you know, the people were really upset about that because they don't want all those additional cars and everything coming through their residential neighborhood. It made more sense to have it on a major thoroughfare. But I guess if you're going to narrow these streets, they don't want more traffic on it. But that's what we're saying. Don't narrow the streets. And this goes back into having a better master plan for this whole project. Because, yeah, I mean, the the first street property is right in a big curve. So DOT says you can't have any more interests and excesses. So we've got a... We're going to have this increased traffic flow, but we're going to narrow the street, and it just does not seem to to, to add up. Right, right. I now I do understand that when it is initially done, they will not be moving any asphalt or any curb and guttering. They'll just be doing it with uh, lines and stripes, so it could be converted back. But uh, I, I think it's a huge issue. I don't know the traffic study, the traffic count that's been done. Uh, but there, as the folks in that neighborhood say, there's a huge flow between YMCA and the Temple Baptist Church. Uh, that's just a main artery. Right. That is correct. It is It is a main artery, and I have great concerns that, um, you know, the, with the flow of traffic, I've been traveling that route every day um, here for the last month or so, around 5-ish, 5.15, somewhere in that area. There is a lot of traffic there. People trying to get to Trent Woods, people trying to get on the bypass, either towards Moorhead or whatever, and it really backs up. So you figure, you know, your morning rush hour traffic, your evening rush hour traffic, even for that sake, to make it more congested, even if you don't have a lot of traffic, you know, during the day hours, I could see where they're saying, oh, we have an average of so many cars and there's not enough cars, but it's when do those cars come there? That is is what I think the piece that they're missing. But, you know, again, they're trying to follow what DOT is telling them. 
I say follow what the community says sometimes. Well, you have to have a mix. Unfortunately, we get these new ideas, but people think this. Of course, the traffic circles have been big across the state, and some right. times they work, sometimes they don't. But well, what you true. say is you have to apply these new ideas to the community where you want to impose them. And it seems like we need to take a longer look before we narrow that street down. Well, Let's see what's going to happen at Lawson Park since we're we're increasing the development there. Let's see what's going to happen there and how we're going to handle the traffic flow there before we reduce the ability of traffic to travel. So if you street. had your magic wand, okay, and you could had all the money in the world and you could do what you want in that area right there, what do you see it as? What would your vision be? Well, I'm very excited about getting uh, the tra- job training program with community college. You know, I serve, as you do, oh, on the yes. foundation mm-hmm. board of the community college. and. And while you're listening out there, they have a big event. Come on. We're supposed to be plugging this. They're having a fundraising event at the Country Club on Uh, September. September. Gosh, you're asking me the date, and I don't remember. And I don't remember it either. We're going to get that for you and post it on our page. But it's going to be all about chocolate. Chocolate Chocolate. and wines. Wine and and chocolate. Wine and chocolate. And it's going to be a fundraiser for... Uh, the Community College Foundation raising funds for scholarships for kids. And so, you know, David is our official chair of this fundraising program, and I'm I'm really proud to serve with him on this committee. But, you know, anybody who wants more information about the community college and the impact they have on lives of students, you know, contact us. Let us know sure, because yeah. – there's a place for you to help fund a, a scholarship for a student. Um, yesterday they had a scholarship little reception for some of the uh, scholarship recipients. recipients yeah. And I'll tell you, boy, the difference it makes in these kids' lives is just incredible. And to hear their stories, and we need to get these stories on the road. Well, you know, I started at Craven Community College. I was married with a child, and uh, it, it wasn't a good time for me to leave the community. But uh, the college, not only, and a lot of folks look at it in terms of using it to go on to a, a, a institution higher, ed, higher education, right. but what it does for the community is provide job training for folks that don't desire to obtain a four-year degree, uh, and it we gives us a, a more trained and better trained workforce, which feeds the draw of industry to this area. So having this job training facility in the community here where it's needed at First Street, I think is just a great uh, a great move by all involved. And I'm, uh, that, that's one of the, the, the showpieces right now, I think, that can really make a difference. Right. Do you think the farmer's market should go there? Ooh, I've asked the bad question. <laughs> You've asked the bad question. I think that the current farmer's market downtown should stay where it is. Thank you. I think so as well. Uh, I'm, I'm very committed to that. And anybody, uh, you, you know, and let me say this. We talk a lot about Newbern, and, and when we talk about Newbern, we talk a lot about downtown. And some people say, well, that's just a part of, of Newbern. That's just a part of Craven County. But, you know, a county is kind of like a wagon wheel, and it has to have a hub. And downtown Newbern is the hub, and it's a generator, uh-huh. uh, especially in a community where we bring in so much money through tourism and, and, and conventions and so forth. So everything that happens in downtown Newbern benefits the whole city and the whole county. I truly believe it because I've talked to so many retirees and people who came here, and because they thought downtown was so well put together, they decided to stay and buy here. But where did they buy? Greenbrier, Riverbend, sure. you know, Carolina Colors, whatever. So it has helped the rest of the, the county and the community, but it was the attraction that, you know, you have to have, like you said, that hub that it brings people. And they say, you know, this is a pretty 
great place to live. I'm still amazed when I run into to people who now have businesses in Newburn, and you know, and small businesses are certainly a lot of the fabric uh, of this area. And they say, well, we came in on a boat or a sailboat, or we came here for a vacation, or we were actually headed to Wilmington to retire uh, or start a new business and stopped in Newburn and fell in love with it. And they, they're talking about downtown, so that's the hub. But as you say, the spokes extend out into the the rest of the city and the county. So. Right. And, and it's important that we continue to keep that a strong, viable downtown. And, you know, it's it's a work in progress. We're continuing to work all the time to make it better, bringing, you know, new shops and other sure. things and, and, you know, try to infill projects that we're doing. And, you know, I'm, I sit on the Swiss Bear Board, and we have to continue to work together with the city and the county. You know, Swiss Bear has gone through some changes, and it needed to. It sure. really needed to become... Any a, organization does right, over time. it needed to become more Main Street-focused rather than these project-focused. But, you know, my, my dismay has been that the city has gone off on their own and not involved Swiss Bear. Um, and, you know, these are our community leaders sitting on this board. They've worked with School of Governments on this parking deck, what whatever apartments, whatever they're going to do across the street from City Hall, you know, did not involve Swiss Bear in the process. They did the Palace Commons, the loop behind Tryon Palace, redid that road, no no sit-down discussion with Swiss Bear, did not involve Well, them. these things would not have been happening by the city were yes. it not for Swiss Bear. And, and I listen, get that. I, you know, I tell people yeah. back in the early 80s, you could have gone down to Middle Street and shot a shotgun Amen. at lunchtime and not hit a person or a car. I think a lot of people have forgotten that. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And I just, and I realized that there were some issues. I had issues with the organization, and as an alderman, I had questions and concerns. But it's something that you sit down and you talk about it, and you bring all the parties together, sure. and you work together in unison. And so I've had some concerns. So you know, here's Swiss Bear. We're trying to regain that relationship with the city. And we haven't had much luck, but all of a sudden, we are having some luck. They're starting to sit down. But like I said, we're in a year from election time, so, you know, everybody's revved up right now. You're going to see that. And, hey, if that's what it takes, I'm, well, I'm, all, I'm all about it. You know? Downtown being the generator it is, uh, the, getting back to the farmer's market, downtown is never going to have big box stores. Downtown is never going to have large commercial development. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be more of the nature that it is now with uh, professional offices and the types of stores we have, which are great stores, and the farmer's market feeds into that. And I think anybody that has questions about it needs to go down there sometime and see the energy that that place generates for downtown. So uh, whether or not or what happens to the market concept at the First Street facility, uh, they should leave the farmer's market alone downtown and, and just let it run on its own as it has. It's been very successful, uh, and I think it's an integral part of the concept of downtown. That's right. And, you know, it just, it it, cre- it feeds to the energy of our downtown. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, on a Saturday morning you go there and it was, oh, it's so crowded, no parking. And let me tell you something. There's pl- I, I go every Saturday morning and I am able to get a spot inside. There's There must be a dozen spots empty, but people don't want to drive in there because it looks like there's a lot sure. of people. Yeah. So they all park across the street, and it makes it look like, oh, my God, there's no parking. Um, but that's what – it just feeds to the energy of what's happening downtown. And Well, sure it doesn't. If you drove by there and there were no cars and, and no people yeah. hanging around, you probably wouldn't stop to begin exactly. with. So, I mean, exactly. That's counter, counterproductive in that that's what makes it attractive. Obviously, if there's 
if it's crowded, if right. you have to park a half a block away, they must be doing something right if right. people are, walk, are willing to walk if they have to. So I I couldn't couldn't agree. But it more. just brings folks downtown. It's just it's an it's an energy center for downtown. Right. Even if it's you know one day or two days a week, sure. And they talk about oh the value of the property. We could have better value on that property with somebody developing it and putting stores and shops and whatever. But to me. We've got stores and shops via that farmer's market. Well, That's if you use that concept, then we would sell City Hall. No, we would sell Union Point Park because and they, could get, Park. they sure. could get a pretty penny for waterfront that, that, property there. And that's never be, the gauge that you use it for, it's for a public interest property. Absolutely. And yeah. that's what I'm having a hard time, you know, with this group of aldermen, understanding the value of who we are. And and what's really important in the big scheme of things. And so it's not about, you know, ego. It's not about, you know, whatever. It's looking at that big picture of who we are as a community. Yeah, and we all have to kind of step back occasionally and try to look at the bigger picture. And sometimes that's difficult when you're in the middle of the, of the fray, so to speak. But mm-hmm. you have to step back and look at that bigger picture and say, you know, all these people can't be wrong. These, these people aren't right. against anything or for anything. They're just saying, hey – Give us another look down here. I know I know you have an idea of something different, but change just for change's sake is not necessarily positive. Correct. Well, and, you know, that was one of the issues that was before the alderman this week, and we want to you know, switch up and talk a little bit about another issue that, that happened, and that was the land use ordinance. Now, the city has what's called a land use ordinance, and it talks about – the codes and restrictions that our city has. And it's a massive document because you can imagine with all of the information that you have to have, the rules, the regulations. And it it was time to start reviewing and changing some of the land use ordinance as it pertains to streets, as it pertains, you know, in in developments and different things. Well, one of the biggest issues was the height restriction within the downtown. Now, for many years... The way the ordinance was written is that it was 30 – you could build a building 35 feet high to the cornice, as it was written, to the cornice line. Correct. So as people became more sophisticated, <laughs> I guess, they figured, here's the cornice line, but now I'm going to build another 20 feet as the roof structure. With you know, dormers or with dormers or, what, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, now I've my building, instead of 35 feet, it's 55 feet. And it, it caused a lot of problems. You know, of course, when SkySail was built, that was a, a big issue about the height of that and, and all of that happened. Then there was another issue across where the bridge point is because they thought development was going to go there. So we've, we've had this. And then the last one that was the biggest battle was the Talbot's lot, the famous sure, Talbot's yeah. lot where the city had sold that. The developer came in and what they were asking for approval, you know, was being fought by a group of people they eventually sued, you know, for um, the HPC's approval of this, and then the developer really walked away from it. And I'm sure there were a lot of reasons. The economy tanked, um, you know, it was going to be difficult to get an anchor in there, and so that didn't happen. Well, it's reared its head again. And I think what has motivated this is the building of this parking deck that um, in order, the School of Governments is recommending that in order to build this parking deck, you're going to have to put apartments and shops and therefore to get the dollar amount. An economic generator. Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. To get 
the dollar amount that these developers need, it's got to make sense. So you've got to have, you know, 40 apartments, 50, whatever it is that they need. And in order to get it, you got to keep going higher. That was the problem with the Talbot slot. In order to build the building that had the requirements the city was asking, the only way the developer could make money was to go up sure. and put more more space. So this came uh, – I hear that the downtown uh, crowd really came out to object to the new ordinance, just where it re- – re- in regards to height. So what they were – what's happening is that um, – Residential structures are going to be limited to 45 feet, and commercial buildings will be limited to 60 feet. So we've gone from 35 to the cornice now to 60 feet. And that is, um, you know, that's the top of the the building. I I think they got rid of that, whatever you call that, cornice line. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm looking at the article here. But... You know, the concerns of the downtown people are just, is it overwhelming? What, you know, how does it fit in in the ebb and flow of our city? Now, what happened was uh, the city pointed out that uh, the Dunn building, and I believe that's four stories. I think that's correct. And I think that building probably is about maybe 40 feet high. Would you say so? I've always understood a floor is about 10 feet as a rule of thumb. So let's say that's that's 40 feet. So let's use that as an example. Let's say the Elks building at five stories, so that's 50 feet. So now they're going to allow a building that's 60 feet. So now we're talking about what is the mass, how does this equate to our our downtown? I think it could be. And a skyline. Yeah. I mean, this is a skyline issue. That is correct, and I think it is overwhelming. We did have people like John Harrelson and David Blythe, who are downtown property and business owners. They were in favor of additional building heights. Now, you know, the Scottsdale condos, I think, are different because they're at the water's edge. I think that's a little bit different in in how that looks, but... I don't know. I have I have real concerns. I think 60 feet is too high. I would have been much happier with, you know, 45, maybe, maybe 50. But well, let me ask you. I'm a little confused. There's, this paragraph says that uh, commercial buildings will be limited to 60 feet. However, with a 13-foot setback in the construction of the building, like a balcony, the height may be increased another 13 feet. So does that mean actually you could have a 73-foot High building? You know, that's where I'm a little confused I, on I that. And then, I haven't, obviously yeah. haven't read the, the plan itself. So that, that paragraph confuses me a little bit. I'm all for the ability to build balconies. Apparently they want the balcony yeah, not to and, extend over the... And, and, I, and I'm okay with that. And these are some things that really did need to be revised. You know, some of the questions that they asked, you know, Alderman Mitchell said that when the History Center was built, it was more than 50 feet in height and next to the water, and nobody heard about it. But, again, it is – this is what I, I don't think our Board of Aldermen understand. It's the mass. It is the ebb and flow of where you're building it. You know, you don't want to put – you know, have 20-foot-high buildings all in a row and come in and put this sure. big 60-foot, 70-foot building in the middle of all of that, it disturbs the ebb and flow. Yes, you want contrast, but what is that contrast? And I think corners should be anchored by tall buildings. That's sure. why the Elks building 
works. Could you imagine that in the middle of the block? It would it would not seem appropriate. I agree. On the sure. corner, it's appropriate. The Dunn building was appropriate on that corner. It, it's about the ebb and flow of well, of and the, the, the overall skyline, as we said. Now, the the other consideration is, uh, which I think should always go hand in hand. If we're going to allow taller buildings, where are the people who use those buildings to live? They're going to park. Right. Because when you increase the height of, of buildings, You're commercial buildings, floors. that's right. So then, Well, it's all about the money, though. Come on. Yeah, we, yeah. we need to talk about it. It's all about the money. And, and, you know, when Alderman Mitchell said to the city manager, you know, does this have an economic impact if we lower the height from 60 feet to 50 feet? He says it removes the floor. And, yes, it it impacts economics sure it does what, what economics to the developer is exactly. who it impacts you know because um they're building a parking deck and the only way the city's going to get a, a parking deck that they don't have to pay for technically they will have land involved and other things is bring a developer in you know work with them to do something that they could you know retrieve money out of and that's that's how it works but it is all about the money it's not about the aesthetics it's about the money and i don't want anybody to be misled <laughs> misled that it's well and that's a, i mean and it's a good thing you know isn't the real issue here the proper planning and implementation of of this policy if this is in fact what we're going to do it's going to take a lot of planning because we can't of course, as somebody else said, I don't know that there are a lot of developers sitting here saying, I'll build these 60-foot buildings if you'll approve them. Uh, but I think, you know, and, and part of what choked downtown originally was a lack of parking and the congestion of traffic. That's the reason that some businesses started to leave even before the mall. We've got to be careful in downtown Newman that we don't run in that situation again. So a single parking deck downtown is not going to solve all the parking issues. No. And, you know, the part, you know, and I'm sorry, but everybody knows how I feel about parking. The issue in downtown New Bern is um, employee parking. Plain and simple, it is employee parking. Is that, that why I seem to notice the same cars parked on Middle Street every day when I drive down Middle Absolutely. Street? <laughs> Absolutely. And you can come. I invite everybody to come down, like, between 8 and 9 o'clock and look at all the cars parked in front of businesses that aren't, don't open until 10. So, you know, it's not shoppers, that's for sure. Um, so we really need to, you know, work on employee parking. It's going to be a matter of economics. They're going to build a parking deck, and then are people going to pay for it? Right now, the city has spaces, and there's spaces for rent in many parts, outlying parts of downtown, for $20 a month. And we can't get people to pay that. They say, oh, why should I do that when I can park on and the And you can't really free? blame them. I mean, no. I well, mean I'm, I'm not, not making, blaming them. Well, I'm not making a negative <laughs> comment about somebody just because there's no regulation that says you can't do it. I mean, they, in their business interest, they should not want to do it because then that discourages people from having convenient parking. And once again, that was a big part of what uh, began the process of downtown being less attractive for commercial development. You couldn't find a place to park. You'd drive around and around. It's like a car rodeo. You know, Belks had a big parking lot behind the Omarks building, but it, it, it would fill up, and then you'd just drive around and around till somebody left. And finally, businesses started to say, well, we're choking down here. So some began to leave downtown for that reason before the mall was built. And, and I mean, I foresee that again. I mean, I, I am absolutely, and I've been saying this for years, this isn't a new idea for me. We've got to have a better traffic plan downtown. We've got to have 
when we start talking about the possibility of building 60-foot-high, six-story buildings, we also need to be planning hand-in-hand parking and the movement of, of traffic. And right. that, that needs to be done because that is just as important because if we start choking downtown again, it's going to have that same. Somebody comes in out of town, they can't find a parking place. They're not going to stop. But let me let me ask you this. You know, you've you've traveled, you've gone to other cities. Well, as a tourist and somebody who's traveled, you always look for the public parking sign. Sure, absolutely. And you park there, and realizing I'm probably going to have to walk a block or two or whatever. We've got that in place right now, and the lots are empty. They are. <clears throat> because, you know. There's a great lot in front of First Street. They're, they're parking. You know, it's just that they're um, – the tourists are parking. Our locals are not parking. There's there. a great parking lot in front of First Presbyterian Church. Empty, fifty-three spaces. Exactly, and uh, <laughs> I know and, it well. Yeah, and it stays uh, virtually empty most of the time. Right. Well, the, there's a public parking lot at the end of Craven Street, right before you get to the Double Tree Hotel. Sure. That has got uh, sixty-nine spaces in it, empty. empty and it's kind of hidden with the. Yeah, but there's a sign that says pay public parking right there. Farmer's Market, 72 spaces that are empty all All week long, and nobody's parking there. You know, and employees can park there. You can walk a block. It's Well, and that's why I say we need – I'd hate to – certainly I don't suggest we put in meters, but, you know, maybe there needs to be some Well, we do need somebody to enforce parking. Yeah. We used to have – when I was a kid, we had uh, meter maids. Yeah. We had these two ladies. I remember them well in skirts police uniforms <laughs> and they walked downtown and wrote tickets you know yeah. and uh, we 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 had that we did have a parking person but of course you know no funds with the city um and they didn't you know renew the the person got well, sick went out on sick leave yeah. and then decided to cut the job and well, saving I'm not, money I, I am even though i am the retired district attorney i'm not a huge fan of giving people tickets believe <laughs> believe it or not but uh, there probably should be some limit on parking. You know, Beaufort's gone to metered parking. I don't really like that. You know, uh, and it, we, so we can't always look at everything right. like an income generator. I mean, it's a very friendly – when you come into a town as a tourist, it's a right. very friendly environment if there is free parking. Well, I guess what I'd like to see a, a parking enforcement person is just the people that park for – five, six hours a sure. day on the street. And those people, to be visited by the policemen, said, hey, look, you need to move your car. We know you work here. Um, this parking is for patrons or whatever. It's not for employees. Sure. exactly. And, and have them move their car. So I guess in that sense, I'd like it. But, of course, you can ask somebody. If they don't do it, you have to, you know, find out something harder. Before, our, our tickets were $5. And, of course, people yeah. were getting them and throwing them in the trash can. The city's not going to pursue $5 sure. from somebody. So there was talk through a parking committee that we would change it to $25. And then if you got, you know, a second and third ticket, it could go to 75 or or $100 if you kept getting a ticket. But, you know, again, people are so afraid that it's going to make somebody mad, make a customer mad. But, you know, it's two-hour parking. Yeah. You know, your customer should have come in and out within two well, hours. Well, I mean, you can set it two hours, you can set it three hours. It doesn't matter. They're going to abuse it. They're going to abuse it, whatever. The employees are going to abuse but it. But that is an issue that needs to be addressed. But you know what I'd really like to see downtown? I'd like to see some of these volunteer folks who walk down the street, you know, oh, like you see in some idea. cities yes. and blazers, uh, and welcome folks and, 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 and provide information. Uh, we have such a great retirement community here, and so many people like to volunteer. I don't know if you – I'm sure you've probably been to cities where you have those folks that are just kind of roving information people well, you or know, welcoming we have, people. Yeah, we have the police academy 
you know, yep. at New Bern Police Department, and they're all volunteers in there. And, you know, I say, hey, our hardest time for parking is about from 11 to 2. Because, you know, people are coming for lunch, sure. 1130, trying to find a place to park to go to lunch. So that's the busiest time. And I say, hey, get some of those volunteers in there. But, yeah, it would be nice if we had some on-street ambassadors. Yep. I would love that. It was always my dream to have them in red jackets and call them the red coats. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Careful now. Well, you know, well, I, mean, you know I always thought our, our history. I used to tell people when I retired <laughs> from the DA's office I wanted to get a job as a greeter at Walmart. and yes. Kind of do the same thing. So maybe I'll just. Yeah, just park yourself on the yeah. corner there mm-hmm. in downtown. I'll let you park in front of the Pepsi store. Get myself store. a red blazer. You're, you're one of our biggest customers. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> I mean, you know, we love you if coming to the Pepsi If it wasn't for Diet Pepsi, as a matter of fact, that's what I'm having for breakfast every day. You know, day, so. um, and just uh, stand there and shake a lot of hands because I think that's what makes our community so special and so charming is that we have so many friendly people, and people are so welcoming when you come to our community. That's true, and I know I know all of us are, tend to be very busy in our own lives, and everybody can't do this, but if you get the chance, to take a half an hour and just go downtown sometime and go to a place like the Pepsi store, which is a tourist draw, and just sit in there and see the folks come in and the excitement people have and the interest yeah, people have. Really and, cool. you know, they're looking around like they're in a place they've never been before. And I don't mean just the store, but right. downtown. And it's, it's was a very New, exciting Was Newburn always really this friendly? Did you always feel that it was just a friendly you know, very warm, I, I would say engaging it, place. Downtown always was, and you could you could stand on the corner. When I was uh, working at Jones Potts Music back in the, the mid '60s, you could stand on the corner of Middle and Pollock Street, and you could see everybody you knew in the whole world would cross through there at some point in time. And around Christmas time, and I've told you this before, you couldn't even hardly walk on the sidewalks; they'd be so crowded. I would walk between the parked cars and the moving cars to go to the the old post office to get the mail. But you would see people that, you know, they, they lived out in Pamlico County, Carteret County, wherever, Jones County, out in Craven County. They come into town. They would come into town. That's right. You had Dixon Soda Shop and many, many others. I, I shouldn't even start mentioning particular businesses. But people, you'd see them stop on the sidewalk. They hadn't seen each other for a long time and visit. And it was, uh, it really was. I mean, I, I oftentimes think if there was a time in my life I could go back and relive, it would be that period of time in my life because it really was a, and I think, a you friendly know, it, time. You know, everybody yearns for that home, small hometown, homegrown feeling. You know, yes. I, I came from the suburbs of New York, and we had our little Main Street area. And, again, that was the place where you saw everybody. You know, my mother didn't even drive. <laughs> Growing up, she didn't have a, you know, we had one car in the family. That was my dad's. My mother did not have a driver's license. And she put us in the little red wagon and wheel us into town. We'd get groceries. And my sister and I, and we, you know, there was that feeling you could get everything you need. Of course, back then we didn't have Walmarts and big shopping centers. So, you know, we went to the bakery shop. We went to the butcher shop. We went to the local little deli store and got bread and some of the other items she needed, and then when we needed the big grocery shopping, she had to wait t- till my dad came home to take us to a grocery store. But we could get virtually everything we need. The little five and ten cent store, which Absolutely. you know you had McClellan's McCle- and yeah, Cress's and Cress store, and yeah. you know you you could get what you needed. You yeah, know there was your dress that. shops, your men's clothing stores, everything. Copeland Smiths, yeah. <laughs> I can name them all. Hills, Copeland Smiths, the Fashion Center was the big ladies' right. place. So the everything you need, yeah. you could come. It the was jewel one stop. Yeah, one yeah. stop shopping, and that's what I think. 
people yearn for us to recreate. And that's what I think has made New Bern so special in our downtown is that we have a good variety of shops. We have lots of great restaurants. We have some good shops. I'd like to see us get some more shops, you know, a variety of stores so that, again, you know, everything you need. You know, we got Bynum's downtown. And I'm so thankful for that because I can run in there. My drugstore Bynum's. Yes. I I remember Mr. Bynum back there when I was a kid. Do you remember where his house was? Yes. I do, too. Blackie Stith's house. Well, no. Mr. Bynum, didn't he live in the house that was back of First Baptist Church, and they moved the Bynum house over to um, by the railroad station? Remember the big house on the corner there where their parking lot is Yes, yes. I I understood that to be Mr. Bynum's Well, I may be mistaken. I thought he lived in the brick brick house on East Front Street at some point in time, but I couldn't Now, that was Caleb Bradham's house, you know. The house that the shouts uh, behind their house. Well, that's the little uh, where yeah, Blackie. Sti- yeah, yeah, exactly. That was that's part of that. I may house, be mistaken. That, yeah, then. yeah. I thought he had lived there at some mm-mm, point. Mm-mm. Yeah. He may have in the early there, days, but he lived in that big house, and they did move that off that property. There was an article on on uh, <laughs> social media this week, the uh, Preservation Society, Newman Historical Society, and they were talking about the John uh, Wright Stanley house that's moved over. Mm-hmm. It was the library when I was a child behind. That, that is correct. The federal courthouse. And I can remember just a fairly young going in there. I remember watching it get moved. So many houses and buildings downtown were moved over the years. But that's what makes us exciting, and that's, yeah. you know, the really neat thing. You know, one other thing, we're going to wrap up here. You know, we got about eight, eight or nine minutes to go here. But um, kudos to John Wren and the uh, utility department. They, uh, their strategic plan was approved. Um, as part of the meeting this week, and John did an excellent job. I invite anybody to go online and read it. It's a great document that talks about the strengths and weaknesses of our utility department, puts a plan, an action plan together as to how to make those improvements, and we are very fortunate. You know, cost aside, we are very fortunate to have our own electric department here in our city because when there is an issue, we have somebody to call. We don't have yes. to wait from for a corporate entity to come and help us we out. We don't have to call a distant number in a faraway state. Right. Are yeah. you on city utilities? Always have been since okay. I was a kid. Even though we lived outside of little, little ways outside of town, we were always on city utilities. And listen, those folks. <clears throat> Uh, there have been so many times when the weather was so severe, the power would mm-hmm. go out, and you'd see those trucks come by and those guys, men and women, out there right. working. Right, and they do a good job, and, and you know, John's a great leader in that department. But this document will really help us because, you know, we're almost at parity. We're not exactly there, but if you do load management, we're within pennies, you know, less than pennies. I think... With load management, our kilowatt is maybe 11.6 or 11.5 cents a kilowatt hour. Duke's is 11.2. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're close. You have to do load management. We're close. I think our rates are better. I'm thankful that we led the charge to sue Duke. No, Um, and and progress. um, And that has been a tremendous benefit. I think everybody has noticed a a substantial. And so we're, you know, we're we're thankful for that. But I think it's important that we remind our aldermen on a regular basis that we do need our electric department. That electric department is a source of revenue for the city of New Bern and does help them do projects like Lawson Creek Park. And uh, you know, I, I think. This document is great. People really need to go online, newburn-nc.org. Go to the electric department, and, and the copy's up there. We're going to have a copy for of 
the official copy now that it's been approved. We'll put it on our website, and it's a it's a great thing to look at and be aware of, and a good thing that uh, John Wren and his team did. And there's a lot of good uh, in this city. There are a lot of hardworking folks that we've discussed before. I mean, we're very fortunate. You can look around at other communities that aren't as fortunate as we are. Right. There's a lot of vision here. So it's a matter, though, of, of trying to have that overall plan. Occasionally right. you have to step back from the the heat of it and kind of look right. at the big picture. I wish people would just leave their egos at the door. You know, just check <laughs> it out the door. That's the only bad thing about Newburn. we got a lot of ego here. You know, if we could just check it out the door, come and sit at the table. I might not like what you say. You might not like what I say, but we both have something to offer, and let's come to the table sure. where we all have something to offer, and let's help to make this a really great community. You know, I have to give a big shout-out to Mayor Allen Thomas in Greenville. Yes. He is doing an awesome job. If anybody, just go and follow Allen Thomas either on Facebook or go to their website, the city of, of Greenville. He is a visionary. He is a, a communicator. Exactly. Yeah, he's a communicator. He has, you know, he's always ahead of what the city is doing rather than playing defense. He is always on the offensive very side. Very open, very transparent, very involved. Yes. And Exactly, because he recognizes, and we all do, we need to look at what our goals are, mm-hmm. and we need to come together to reach those goals. And sometimes I call it the battles and the war. You know what your objective is in a war. You kind of have to pick your battles, and you don't have to have – don't fight those battles if you don't need to. Try to come, come to a consensus to reach your goal. And he is so forward-thinking that – I mean, that's just become a tremendous generator over there and such a – projected such a positive image, and, and a lot of folks could learn right. from his example. A right. lot of folks could learn yeah, from And they could, example. and so, like I said, I have a lot of respect. I got to see him um, last Saturday when – Yes, the Pirates beat <laughs> the Wolfpack, 33-30. Love me some Pirates. Love me some Pirates. How about them Pirates? Yeah. And it was a great game, and I was really excited about it. So it was it was a great week. You know, um, in, in the last two minutes, just really quickly, because this is such a national discussion and topic. We'll talk about it for years, and I hope that you're going to be back in the next couple of weeks with oh, me because I'm going to be on vacation. <laughs> so, but, you know, this taking in – taking a knee at the at the NFL and the ruckus that it has caused. I want to hear your thoughts quickly. I'm going to give you my thoughts, and then we're going to let everybody chew on it for the week. Quickly, there's a difference between having a right and it being the right place in the right time. And uh, the, while certainly there are constitutional rights to do a lot of things, that flag, the uh, 9-11 ceremony, I don't know if you saw the New York presentation where they displayed oh, yes, the flag absolutely. that was raised. That flag was tattered. That flag was stained, but it's still our flag. The issues we have with this country, which some folks have, maybe our flag's tattered, maybe it's stained, but it's the fabric of this country, and it should be respected. Amen. It, it is so true. I couldn't agree with more. More, You know, I agree everybody should have a voice. Everybody should be able to disagree with whatever they want. But, again, if we show weakness, if that we start to unravel that exactly. fabric, and that's exactly what this knee business is or, you know, turn away, we are unraveling that fabric. If you don't like it, stay away. Go somewhere else because this country has afforded all of us so many things. You know, our, our forefathers fought and died so that we had the right to do that. Don't disrespect it. Do not disrespect it. Absolutely. And, that's um, what that flag represents. <laughs> Right. 
Um, my favorite song, my favorite person, uh, Mr. Taylor here as we close out. David, it's always a pleasure to be with you on this Thanks, spot. Um, I am gone, so I'm out of Carolina here next week, and it's going to be Lee, and uh, I know he'd like to invite you back. Um, and so we're going to be talking Newburn, everybody. 